Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ascent Sportsman Podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about some draw strategies for the upcoming application deadlines for many states. Um, we just want to we want to help you be more successful. A lot of times I hear people, oh, I didn't draw tags this year. Um, what can I do to be better? Well, it's really it's a hit or miss type of thing. Um, there's a fair amount of luck involved, but there are ways that you can potentially draw tags every season for any animal that you're trying to go after. Um, one of the ways that you can do this is just to start start preparing early. So what I like to do is I like to sit down and break my calendar into different parts. So I, I split it into early season, mid season, and late season. So most of us, most of us hunters, we know that there are an overwhelming number of options out there. Um, so what I like to do is I like to prioritize what I'm what I'm gonna do be doing for the season. Um, I sit down and I look at, okay, do do I want to hunt elk in the rut? Do I want to chase mule deer up at high elevation? What do I want to start my year out doing? Um, a large majority of the time, I don't have enough time to to hunt both species at the same time. So I've got to I've got to kind of pick and choose. Um, so what I'll normally do is I'll say, okay, I, I want to hunt elk at this time of year. So I want to hunt hunt them in September. So what I'll do is I'll I'll put my put my draw in for September for archery elk. And then I'll take a tag that I know I absolutely will not get for deer and and I'll I'll put in and what I ultimately want to accomplish is just to try to build points for for a species. That way, you know, I can I can get one or two tags that I really 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 want. Um, and then the following year, I can I can get another set of tags that I really want. So ultimately it's just about how you kind of prioritize what you're going to hunt and there are a lot of great over-the-counter options here in Colorado um if, if you have the means you can put in for different states at different times of year for different seasons early season mid-season late season and ultimately at the end of the day what you'll start to see develop is you'll start to get numbers a large number of tags every every season if if you were to play it that way if you were to submit draws in every state you would start to see a fluctuation of you would never really have too few tags but you would you would start to lose the amount of time you would be able to get to hunt 
So what I, I always try to just lay out my calendar first and prioritize what I want to start or attempt to draw for. Um, for, for instance, for elk, I have a buttload of points, but I just haven't been able to draw that tag. It's, it's just because I'm, I'm sort of hell bent on hunting this one area. And I know that, I know that there are a large amount of bulls in there. I know there's a good, good population of elk. So, you know, I, I do it that way. I, I put in every year, year after year after year, but I, I still am able to hunt the over the counter units. And I live in a wonderful state. Colorado is one of the absolute best at allowing over the counter, over the counter tags for archery, um, antlerless elk either sex elk second season bull elk third season bull elk um, you know just leftover tags for deer and just leftover tags in general so those are some of the things that you know you can look for if you are going to hunt Colorado and if you're a non-resident it is almost perfect for you you know you can there are so many great units here. Um, trophy potential is astronomical. I mean, most of that are gonna is gonna be found in your your limited units um, up to the north, around Eagle County, Western Slope, Gunnison County. Um, you know, along that along that Western Slope corridor, you're gonna find a lot of lot of high quality animals that you're going to be able to search for but then there are certain units that allow you to maybe potentially find a diamond in the rough i mean unit i i hunt year in and year out produces big deer um one of the things that i seen i was archery hunting last year i drew archery for the first time you know in, in a couple of years and i'm at a gas station and i hear i hear a guy tell a friend or whoever he's on the phone he he says hey buddy i just i killed a buck and he's two inches short of 200 inches so you know i i don't hunt in a unit where there are a lot of trophies or you know big big bucks and big bulls are like an everyday occurrence but it, it's possible there are those diamonds in the rough out there and really it's just about doing your research just uh looking at draw percentages looking at things of that nature um harvest estimates those things can lead you down the correct path. There are great, great research platforms out there. Um, and that brings me to the next part of my segment is doing your research. So there are a lot of, a lot of things that come in, come into choosing the right season. 
So what you ultimately want to do is sit down, have your plan, know the time of time of year you want to hunt. So you're saying, Austin, what's next? How do I pick a unit? So if if you're going to, to hunt out of state, one of the things you want to look at is the draw odds. So you want to go into on most of the parks and wildlife or DNR websites, they will have a section where they have listed out the draw percentages from the previous years and the amount of preference points that those those tags are drawn out at. So what you want to look for is just units that allow for higher than let's let's just say 40%. So let's look for units that are higher than 40% draw rate at 0 1 and 2 points. You know point you don't want to have a large amount of points to where you know you're waiting 20 years to draw a tag you want to look at some of those units that have maybe a higher higher draw rate at lower numbers that'll allow you to get into a unit and then once you're into the unit or even before you can look at estimated harvest potential um maybe some of some of the record books you if if that's something that you're you're looking at you want to you want to look at the not only the trophy potential but just what people are taking out of there as far as numbers you know um populations are going to be everything so if if you look at an area and there are say 1400 hunters you know the the blaze orange army is out in full force and then you're seeing in harvest reports you know 10 percent nine percent uh 15 percent so there are areas where, you know, that might seem like it's low and, and yeah, it, it could be, but there are a lot of factors that go into that. Um, simply terrain, you know, just pop population numbers. So many things can affect that. Um, natural disasters, wildfires, all, all this stuff plays in a factor. So you just got to look at, you know, harvest, harvest percentage compared to the number of hunters and then your draw odds. Well, first and foremost, your draw odds. You want to look at the ability to get into a unit that you want to hunt. So that's, that's the first, the first step in your research process. Um, so that, that is really the easy part. So there are a lot of different things that you're going to have to know going into those hunts. 
So for for non-residents to draw in to the state of Colorado, you know, it it's it's tough for for the lack of better words, it's tough. You know, I I've seen non-residents draw in at two to three points, and I've seen non-residents have to use 25 years of preference points just to draw into the state of Colorado. It's all, it's all about how you approach it. You could hunt here probably as a non-resident every five years or every year if you really desired, if you know you want to tackle some of those over-the-counter elk tags. And, and there are great opportunities to do that. But what you have to keep in mind is your your draw odds and your your harvest estimates and your ability to research all of these things is going to come into play so if if you're not putting in for for a tag at least once every every year up to 3 years and then suddenly you stop and you reapply you have to be consistent. If you have consistency, you will definitely draw into draw into units that that you want to hunt. Um, you're saying, Austin, where is this information found? So, a lot of the information, like I said, can be found on the government websites, but there are also great tools um, like Go Hunt. Uh, they offer a lot of insider services just showing draw odds um, just all the information that you can need right at your your fingertips and really it's it's just about what you want to do you, you find a season um, figure out what you want to do look at the draw odds look at look at some of those other things and you can kind of narrow it down to to a plan so once you have a plan you're and you've done your research and you know what unit you want to hit you're like yes I'm ready to go I know what unit I know what unit I want to hunt where am I at now Austin um, so next you've got to do your research on on the on the land right so you want to get as familiar as possible with with the property or you know forest section school section whatever you're hunting you want to be as familiar as you can be with the features of that land the layout of that land via maps and and I know what you're thinking well in that case Austin why don't I just go why don't I just go and visit these places? I mean, I, that's that's great. That's great if you want to start some early season scouting. I'm not saying that that you shouldn't do that. However, what this will allow you to do is look at the different types of habitat without spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars driving back and forth especially if you're a non-resident of the state you're trying to hunt 
it it prevents a lot of money that that you can you avoid spending and if you have money and you just want to blow it i mean it's that's totally in your power and and you can do that and but what i'm saying is for the average hunter we don't have that kind of time so what mainly what we want to look at is 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 there public at land access because unless you know somebody or you know you've been in contact with landowners which if if you've never hunted that unit you're not gonna know many of those guys or be able to really get in touch with any of those guys with without spending your hard-earned money to to go out and spend some time with these guys doing some work and by all means i i encourage that but if you're just a regular joe and you you're hunting public land that's what you want to look for is do i have access to my public land and where is it at do do the units that i want to hunt hold quality habitat for the species i intend to hunt and the season i intend to hunt so if you're looking at a late season and you're hunting steep slopes at 12,000 feet for mule deer chances are you're going to come up short when when you get there because it's that's not really ideal for that time of year right so you just want to make sure that you have things such as water, shelter, and and good food sources, you know, for for those late season elk hunters. You know, you want to make sure that you're in an area where if you're you're hunting you're hunting cows you want to make sure that there's a lot of cover because those those cows are going to start to go into the that brush and they're going to begin their calving process right so they're they're going to be in in those buck brush holes and you know just tucked away so just make sure that you're using your maps and google earth whatever you have available to you to take a look at some of these things you know your public access points habitat availability for the species and the time of year you want to hunt and then you can you can kind of cross-reference all of these things and that'll help you gather a complete picture of of what you're what you're doing before you decide to apply so if you have a great understanding of the habitat and the really just the habitat and the place that you're applying to it'll help you it'll help you better better narrow down some of some of your choices when picking units and you know sometimes it's not it's not crazy to to consider guided hunts and 
I know, I know. We're we're not all made of money, and and I get that. But sometimes they are beneficial. So if you're going to be hunting out of state and you you have no idea where you're going or where to even begin looking for certain species you know maybe you've never hunted mule deer before maybe you've never hunted elk or antelope what have you guides can be a great tool and yeah yeah there are some of you out there who you just you hate guides more than life themselves they've ruined every hunt that you've ever been on but they do they do do a great service and I don't want to knock any of these outfitters because that's that's just not my style you know they they do great things and and their their way of life is extraordinary um but I do want I do want to I do want to say that they allow you to to be able to hunt with somebody who already knows the area. So if I'm a non-resident and for instance, I'm going to try to hunt Wyoming, right? And I have never ever been to Wyoming. I have only heard stories of the western species in all their glory and I decide I want to hunt let's just say antelope out there the first thing I have to know is where to go so if I have no idea and I just I couldn't pinpoint it in my head where to go yeah the first place I'm gonna go is to a guide because they know the area they'll allow me to do some things that that might I might not get the chance to do otherwise so they present a, a great a quality option for you to for you to to explore if, if you're essentially just looking looking to fill a tag or you know they they allow you to be able to know find a way to know the land without actually going and seeing it yes it can be pricey but sometimes it's worth the price of admission just to have have familiarity um and some places if you if you're attempting to draw into more, some of the more coveted areas, um, let's just say Gia National National Forest, right? Gia in New Mexico, you know, coveted area for elk. Um, you know, your your draw your draw results or your draw odds, I should say, are going to be around 10%, sometimes maybe even less than 1%. So looking at that, if you really, 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 really just want to hunt there, going with a guide might be your best option. 
you know, you hire a guide, you're all of a sudden your draw, your draw odds increase maybe two, three, maybe even four times. Maybe you get up into that 40% range. And that's that's a whole hell of a lot better, folks, than than that one to ten percent. Because it, it's hard. It's it's hard to wait thirty years for a tag. Even even ten years is is a stretch. And and I know it's fairly common. But why why do we need to need to put those struggles in? Why do we want to and antagonize ourselves, right? Why do we why do we want to put that added stress onto your already hectic life, right? So maybe some of these some of these guides and some of these strategies could could help you help you better prepare for your hunting season and you know essentially get you more tags, get you out out and about doing what you love. And that's really what it's about, right? It's just making sure that you're able to do what you love because quite frankly, sportsmen, if if we're not spending the money to conserve to conserve our habitat, then who will? So put in for the draw. You know, experiment different places. And and just, you know, Maybe you might find a place that you absolutely fall in love with, love with a little honey hole. You, you know, anything can happen. Um, so finally, you just want to, you want to make sure that you have your priorities set. You've researched your units. Um. So after you've done all this and you've done all your research, what I like to do is go with a plan A and a plan B. So if I don't, if I don't draw my first choice here in Colorado, um, for the last couple of years, what I have been doing is, you know, I'll just, I'll just buy the preference point, whatever. But there, there are there are great options out there. So if, if you apply and you're not getting your first choice, and you have the options for OTC anything, you know, archery antelope, over the counter whitetail, you know what, what have you? It's a great idea to try to try to buy some of these OTC tags. And that can essentially be your plan B. So you you might draw a tag of a lifetime. Or you know you, you're, you won't. And you, there's no sense in being discouraged if you don't draw that tag. Because there's always, always a next year. But... There is no reason that if you have done absolutely all of your homework and put in the effort that you should not, you should not be saying, oh, I didn't draw anything this year. You should at least 
at least, at least, at least, if you put all of these things into motion and just be consistent with what you're doing, continue to apply every year, there should be no reason that you should not draw at least one of the tags that you want. So just just make a plan, have a plan. Ultimately, that's what I'm saying. Just do your homework, know what you wanna do, talk with some people who have, who have been there, maybe get a guide, but have a plan. Have, have something set in stone where you can take the time and get out and pursue the animals you want to pursue. Because why not? Why not make it a year to remember? Why not have one more memory that you can add to a life full of other memories? And and I say I say this day in, day out. Do do what you love and and do it with the people that you love. And put some of these strategies into play and and if you do you'll you'll find that some of these memories are are going to be miraculous. So just just have a plan. Follow these steps and you will draw at least some if not all of the tags that you desire. That's all from us at the Ascent Sportsman Podcast. Tune in next week for a segment on what to do after you have put in your applications for your big game hunts. Where to start scouting and to how to start scouting. I'm Austin Reed, and remember, always hunt fearlessly.